Welcome to Becoming Iconic, the masterclass for you by me, Jen Spiegel. I am your host and also the founder of Becoming Iconic, which is a global brand supporting entrepreneurs in their life, business, and most importantly, leadership. I am so glad you're here. Enjoy. So this week's masterclass is going to be so fun and so exciting for those of you who are mid-age and beyond because I have a dear friend, a private client, a business mentor to mid-age women who is also having the most beautiful success through her podcast, The Jen Marple Show. This is the Jen Marples. She is here with us and to share because her motto and her belief and her mantra in life is that you are not too fucking old. Okay. Can we just get that out there? That is hers and it is the best. And Jen is to me such a big advocate to women but specifically to women who feel stuck and feel stuck for whatever reason. Maybe it's age, or maybe you've been in a career for a really long time and you've had this desire to do more, but that pivot feels big and scary. Jen Marbles is your person. She's an exceptional human. She is a mom. She is a friend. She is someone who has a lot to say that is meaningful and will change and impact the world. She is really going to be one of those international speakers you know more and more about. So this is one of those masterclasses, friends, you want to grab a pen and paper. And if you are mid-age and above, or you know somebody who is, this is one you share, this is one you save, and this is one you sit down and just give the time and space to. So Jen Marples, you are here on the show. How are you? Oh my God, I'm great. I just, I wish I could always be introduced like that because I sound so good. (laughs) (laughs) You are so good. You are so good. You are someone who just lights up this world. And I have been so blessed to be in your presence for just about a year now, I think. And we have done some pretty cool things, but that's all a tribute to you and your mission to serve and really help women stand into their power. So tell me, well, I know your story. So maybe we need to start there because it is a pretty exceptional story and it does have a lot of points of reference that I think people will resonate with. So maybe you could tell people about how, you know, you went from your PR world and what that felt like into entrepreneurship. Yes. So I am just for the record, I am 52, just so everyone is clear. 52. And I, you know, I wear that with pride, but that wasn't always the case. Um, So like Jen said, I had been in PR and marketing for like 25 years and that was my career. I owned a PR firm in San Francisco for 12 years. I worked at big multinational PR firms before that. And then I shut down my agency about six, seven years ago and then had to take a little bit of a break. And the reason I had to take a break was that I was living the, um, the working mom dream. And I, I'm saying that facetiously because I was raising, I had three children as I was growing a PR firm in San Francisco, working with multinational publicly traded clients, doing crisis communications for the likes of Constellation Brands and Whole Foods. So it was crazy. It was a really great business. But like I like to joke with everybody, the business was expanding as my waistline was expanding because in the span of two years, I had three children. So in 2005, I had my son. And then two years later, I had twin girls. So everything was kind of kicking along when I had my son. It was all great. But I did, you know, I did have a struggle getting him. I had to go through fertility. So the day he was born was the happiest day of my life. And my whole family knows that. And then we're like, let's have more. And then two years later, I had twins. So I like to say everything was swimming. And then everything went off the Golden Gate Bridge as soon as my girls were born. Because there is no, there is no balance when you have three kids in diapers and you're running a business and you also have a husband who's an entrepreneur. You have no family close by in San Francisco. My family's in Hawaii. My husband's family is in LA. So we were, we were winging it. And, um, I did have a wonderful nanny, but the long, the long and the short of it is I was pushing through thinking, sure, I can have three babies. I can run a firm. I can have employees. I can have a marriage. I can have friends. I can be working with nonprofits and it's all just going to go swimmingly, right? No, no. It was all good until it wasn't good. 
And so fast forward a couple of years later, my husband and I were talking and he's like, you know what? You've got to make a change. I couldn't see it. Cause I'm like the driver, the type A, like go, go, go success. You know, it's great. My clients, I'm not going to lose a client because I have three kids and I'm stressed. And I, meanwhile, I was cracking crowns and I, I didn't have no feeling in my fingers and toes because of the stress. And I'm like, what? But my family was getting the absolute worst of me. I was yelling and screaming at everyone. I had spent years trying to get my children and I got them and I could get very emotional thinking about it right now. And when I really looked at it, I said, the people that I love most in the world are getting the absolute worst in me. My clients are getting the best and my family is getting the worst. And so I needed to make a change. And I was also, my health was falling apart. I, like I said, I was so stressed. I was having like arrhythmia. Um, I cracked through crowns. I realized I had my thyroid was off. I had adrenal fatigue. And this was just me being the product of my myself of being this type A achiever. But also I feel like just society saying women can have it all. And it's not, you can't have it all at once. So I couldn't have three babies and be present and have a marriage and be in a very high stress career because PR actually was, it's like in one of the top five most high stress careers you can have. And especially what I was doing, which is crisis communications, there's always something going on. So I took a step back and slowly peeled away from my business and let clients go. And when things wrapped up, I didn't renew contracts. And then finally got to a place where I stopped everything, which was the hardest point in time in my life. And I call that sort of my midlife crisis. It was about 45, six, seven around there. And I had to take a step back and really look at my life and I had to pull it apart and I had to go to see doctors because I was, I couldn't even stand up without getting dizzy because that's how depleted I was. I could go to lunch with a friend and need a three hour nap. So that's not okay. So none of that was okay. But so society kind of says you can just push through and do it. And no, you can't. And so I was firing on all, on all pistons and I needed to, my therapist at the time said I needed to kind of crawl back into my cocoon and really marinate there, heal. And then I'd come out once again as a butterfly and I could soar, but I needed to take that time. And for probably a lot of you listening, the type A achiever thinking if you stop for one moment, one, one little card in your house of cards is going to fall apart. If you stop them, everything's going to come crumbling down. And it really did feel like everything was crumbling down. And so I took the time to go to therapy, had a naturopath, I went to my OB, I just, I did everything I could, yoga retreats, threw myself into exercise. And what came out of that was this realization that not only were women not meant to like kill themselves, to be a part of this world, to show value and show success is that you also need to be very present in your life and be the driver and not just be reacting to everything. And so that's what I felt I was doing. I was just like, it was Monday, Friday, reacting, just getting through everything, getting through, getting through, and not really being present and thinking about what my life was and where I wanted it to go. So that led me into one morning I woke up and I said, Oh, why not coaching training? That sounds like something I'd like to do because I want to help women live their life very intentionally and not have to go through all that sort of pain and suffering that I did. And then that led me into yoga teacher training. And I don't teach yoga, but I'm, that's my number one love apart from my children and my husband. And um, so that led me to kind of where I am today by having this introspection and going through coaching training, yoga training, and taking the best of all this advice and all this information and then my personal journey to kind of wrap it all up to serve women. So I had this real big aha years ago that I wanted to really tap in and to serve women, but it really wasn't until the beginning of this year. Um, sorry, we're in 2022 now, the beginning of 2021, where I woke up one day and I'm like, I can't stop. I have to go all in on serving women. I know in my soul, in my core, this is what I meant to do. And I haven't stopped. Mm. Isn't it interesting how our journey and those like big moments, and I, sometimes those big moments are beautiful and full of light. And oftentimes I find 
these moments where there's a lot of dark. I mean, it just is. It sounds like that's what you were at is this, this moment of, of not feeling a lot of light and feeling depleted and burnt out. And like you're burning the candle at both ends. And I find it so interesting and it's no coincidence. You're not, you know, that you're supporting and, and really mentoring mid-age, but you get to this point in life where you look back and realize, oh, I can make good of all of these things that were really painful at the time. And I feel that passion through you. Like I feel like, oh my goodness, I don't want women to feel the way I felt. And I know a way of preventing that or coming up with a solution if you're in that. And do you feel like that moment, although I'm sure you wish it were different, that that really led to where you are today? I think, and there was one thing I forgot to say. So there's all that whole sort of backstory of this midlife crisis in the mid forties. So that's when I started really tapping into, okay, this is something really specific, I think for the point in time in life too, because when you hit your mid forties, you've been doing something typically for a long time and, or maybe you've taken a little bit of time off because you have kids. And I had kids later, 35 and 37. So my kids, I mean, they're teens now, but they were, they're still quite young back then. Um, so there was that one experience of kind of being in a life that you're just going through it because it's what you've always done and not ever asking yourself the question, is this serving me? Am I happy? Until it happened to be my husband. Cause you know, I'm yelling and screaming at him and it was kind of like, okay, our marriage is in trouble actually, quite frankly. Um, because I'm who, I don't even know who I was. I was just getting through every day. And, um, and then my relationship with my children were in trouble. But what I didn't mention is sort of the last two years, I did go back into PR consulting, not running a firm, just kind of on the, on the down low, just with people I knew, had a couple clients because that was my default. And then I realized in that phase, when I just started talking to, you know, reconnecting with my network, men and women, that there's this huge bit that's very real in society. And that's the ageism in the workplace. And just how society views women at midlife. Mm -hmm. And so it was taking this experience of this like burnout and this like kind of life crisis, like what am I meant to do with my life combined with this, oh, it's midlife. Can I make any changes? Can I still do PR in my fifties? And there is this, is, and it's very real. We all know this. There's huge ageism in the workplace and especially in the world of public relations. It's all twenties and thirties pretty much full stop unless you're in corporate communications. And so I went out and I talked to recruiters and I hadn't worked for any, and I should say I hadn't worked for anybody since 2001. I have been an entrepreneur for a very long time, but I was just throwing myself out there. And then in it, I just kept having these conversations. And then I would talk to men and they're like, well, what do you do? And of course, women, so many of us are multi-dimensional, multi-passionate. We can do, I can do pretty much anything. Most women can. I mean, I've had a 25 year career, but men are seem to be very focused. It's like, I am a broker. I am a VC. I'm a this, I'm a that. And they've never, they've never veered from that path. So it's hard for them a lot of times to talk to women like, Oh, I could do this. I could do that. I could do this. I could do that. Like, let's talk. And they're like, Oh, they want to put, and I'm not bashing men, but it's, it's just the way they think they want, I want to put you in this box of where it is. And then having these realizations of, okay, so if not here, I'm not being accepted here. People kind of going, uh, well, you know, you could work here, but you're not going to make nearly as much money as you did before because you're too old and experienced. It got me to just realize, well, I have to do my own thing again because that's what I've always done. And so my passion is to empower other women out there at midlife to know that they can do whatever the fuck they want to do. And that's my word. Okay, people, it's like I'm very unapologetic apologetic about it because the path to independence and doing what you want to do is through entrepreneurship. I'm not saying there are not opportunities at great companies out there. I'm sure there are, but by and large, and the numbers reflect this out there and the conversations I've had with many, many women reflect this, that it's very hard to either change course and or find something new and or continue in a career when you hit midlife. And it's the sad truth. And I want, we all need to change that. Corporate America needs to change that. I think mid-age is the, the final frontier in sort of equal opportunity employment. So that'll, that'll be one of my things I'll be railing about 
um, in the future, but we've covered everything else diversity, but I think it's, there's so much age and so much wisdom and so much wonderful IP out there in the brains of every person in midlife that that needs, we need to be considered in the workplace and not be pushed out. I mean, we are living longer. I mean, I look at myself right now, just on this conversation with us, cause I'm, I'm looking at Jen live here and I'm like, 52. I feel like I'm 30 and I have more energy now. Most women do. Most women in midlife, the kids are a little bit older. I mean, I do know there's a lot of people with younger kids, but especially when you get to this year, these years when your kids are teens and they're going off, you have this renewed because it's very hard. I know it's very hard when our kids are young. It takes all your energy really, truly to get through the day, especially when you're working. It really does. But as the kids get older, more independent, and I'm finding too, with conversations I'm having with so many women, is that either women who have been in corporate and or have taken a little time off, people are looking for a change. And especially, I think these last couple of years with COVID, women want to step into more of their purpose and something that really jazzes them up versus doing the thing that they've already done, always done, or they've taken time off and they're like, I need to do something. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I started my podcast, The Jen Marple Show. So it's featuring female entrepreneurs to give women all over the country inspiration to know that they can do whatever the hell they want to do. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Because you and I had this conversation recently and it was like, it's just so good to piggyback on your mission and your purpose is I had not recognized, I don't know why I hadn't, probably because when I hire mentors, I'm hiring them based on their energy and what I see and I feel through them. But I realized all three of my mentors in 2021, none of them had children, didn't, didn't have that realization. So, you know, when you have someone, I mean, every mentor, naturally you kind of look up to them because they're further down the path from you. So there was that. And also realized they were younger than me with the exception of one, the, the two out of the three were much younger than me. And I remember feeling at a point in 2021 where I was delayed. The word delayed comes to mind. I'm, I'm late. I'm late to the party. You know, I have been an entrepreneur for a really long time, but in terms of business and life coaching, I feel like I am not as young. I have missed the opportunity. Like all of these self-limiting beliefs started to surface. And I say this on this masterclass because friends, I think sometimes we feel like uber successful coaches don't have self-limiting beliefs. We do. We all do. It's just how quickly you work through them. And so as I was working through that, because I didn't like the feeling, it was that acknowledgement of like, oh my goodness, they don't live the lifestyle I am leading. And this is what, this is where I'm going with this. You and I had this conversation where I recognized my edge. I was like, wait, hold on. I'm not delayed. I'm not late to the party. I'm actually showing up at the party with an edge. And that edge is wisdom because I've been doing it longer and I have been in the, the entrepreneurial space for longer, which leads to more experience and more hurdles that you've overcome and more wisdom and all the things. But I also am doing this as a mom. I'm also doing this as a mom with teens and a mom with young children. And so you and I had this really beautiful conversation about imagine if women 40 plus realized their edge and realized that it wasn't about age. And all of a sudden we realized we've got, we've got a (laughs) one-up and that's that experience behind us. Would you agree with that? I know you do, but maybe you couldn't accentuate or, or build upon that thought for women listening in who are feeling like they're delayed or late. Yeah. It's a really good um, question because I think a lot of people are feeling it and it's, so there's kind of two schools of thought. If you're, if you've been doing one thing, you're a lawyer, this, and you're continuing on, then you don't feel it because you're already in it and you've just been doing it. But I think it's the feeling of you used to be in a different career. I was in a different career, although my past career is still very much, it's, it's very entrenched into what I'm doing now. I'm just, cause I'm giving, I'm business coaching women. It's my natural, my natural inclination is to help and to help women grow. And I do masterminds and I'm, you know, I'm coaching women one-on-one on how to grow their businesses. So it's not a huge stretch from what I used to do, but it is different in the sense that I used to promote everyone else in PR. And with this business, I'm in a beginner's mindset to your point where I am promoting myself, which is not my natural comfort zone. 
Mm-hmm. I could get on and hound the Wall Street Journal to get a client on the front cover. But when it comes to, you know, promoting yourself, it's something different. It's sort of like that whole, the cobbler, you know, they have the crappiest shoes because they can make everybody else's shoes beautiful. And so it's the same thing. And it feels very unnatural to me to promote. Um, so you have this beginner's mindset. And also to your point of this edge that the way we're going to do things now at midlife, it's also being very, it's being strategic and knowing and just having every woman know, and I do bang this drum too, that we have decades of life experience, no matter what you've done, how many careers you've had, if you've taken time off, you have experience. And I used to say when, you know, especially when I ran my firm, said you're never going to meet a more efficient woman than a working mom because you're, where's the water cooler talk? There's no water cooler talk. Shit has to get done because we've got to go. There are other things we're going to be on our second shift (laughs) once we leave the first shift and then take care of everything at home and then take care of kids and homework. And then there's like a, I remember this is a very funny story. Everyone listening. So I launched my podcast after two years and Jen was the one who kicked my ass to get it done. And and she sent me these beautiful Tiffany champagne glasses. And I sat with my husband. I'm like, all right, I've got to celebrate the fact that I did something this week. It was the Friday of my launch week. So I'm going to have some champagne. And maybe it was a Thursday. And then it was cut short because I had to then edit two, uh, two eighth grade papers. And I'm like, this is just real life. I'm like, okay, that champagne was great. Now I need to go back to my desk with my girls because there's two of them and we need to edit their big project that was due the next day. And they counted on me. And so that just kind of sums up, you know, working motherhood. But I think I went off a little off topic, but the point is being in this beginner mindset, don't let that stop you guys out there wanting to do something different because you've done something before. We all have, we've all been in something before. So you're getting from A to Z is not going to take the near the amount of time that it did when you were 23 because you're just new at everything in life. And now you can get from A to Z so much faster because you have four to five plus decades of experience on your side. So do not let that stop you. You know what's coming up for me is I'm seeing like imagine if, and I want to just declare it. Let's just say it will happen that women mid age get the swagger that a thirty year old has, and I swagger to me is that like confidence, the confidence to be seen, the confidence to be heard. We embody that alongside of this exceptional life and work slash business experience. Could you imagine the power that comes through feminine leadership in mid-age women who actually step into that and, and declare it and own it? I mean, I can only imagine the type of businesses we'd see. I can only imagine the type of creativity. It would be breathtaking. What is stopping her? Like, what is it? I think the fear is that people think that they're too old and then that society has traditionally put us in this box of, okay, at, especially when you hit 50, but it happens in forties. Cause I experienced it in my forties that you're being put out to pasture and it just pisses me off. Cause to think that someone's going to tell me I can't do what the fuck I want to do. And plus let's be very real at midlife. We're dealing with women who get divorced women who are losing their husbands. They're waking up one day with a different life. So it's not just about, oh, I want to pursue something just even for the sake of pursuing it. It's like, I got to make freaking money and I have to support my family. I mean, there's a very real reality there. So this is not about pie in the sky. Gosh, I wish I could paint. And I want everybody to paint if they can't. But there's this reality that there are a lot of single moms out there who need to provide for their families. And that can be a scary place. So corporate America needs to do a better job going back to what I was saying before about not thinking we're getting put out to pasture. And then secondly, we have to step into the knowing and the confidence that if we all step into this power to your point, and we all kind of like storm the gates, so to speak, that we are, and we know that we're not too old because we're not, I mean, give me a fucking break. Okay. Like I plan on living till I'm a hundred. So I have like half my life left to make an impact. So does everybody else. So it's just believing in yourself 
And so my key things that I always say to everybody is you cannot care what people think. Cause then I think so many women, they stop themselves before they even think about getting started. Oh, but what would they think of me if I, if, if I want to be a yoga teacher, what would they think of me if I want to leave my corporate law job and do something else? Does that seem like irresponsible? It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. So that's like first and foremost, and just fucking go for it. Like just, I talked about this in one of my recent podcasts. It's not about having the confidence because you're never going to feel confident. You just have to have the courage to try something. And that all, always, it goes back to not caring what people think. And I've interviewed so many entrepreneurs and that is the one big through line is just not giving a shit and just going for it. And these last couple of years have shown it like, please, you guys live the life that you want to live. If we all just anchor into that and not think about society and what traditionally we're supposed to have cars and houses and this and that, and let's not live through our kids. Cause that's first of all, really unhealthy. Like the whole helicopter parenting, it's like, it's their lives. And so I can't remember who said this, but the healthiest thing we can do for families and societies and our own kids is to be fulfilled ourselves. Because I know it feels, and I talk to so many women, it feels self-indulgent to put yourself first, but it's like putting that air mask on. When you put yourself first, everybody else benefits, your kids, your partners, your friends, communities, everyone benefits. So we have so much life left to live. And, and I'm going to get a little on my high horse here. We need to be the change that we want to see in the world. We need to be the change. If we're sitting on the sidelines and not showing up to vote and not you know, having our voices heard, we're just going to be living the same old BS. And just think about like our mothers and the generations before, like they're the ones fighting for everything that we have today. So we need to show up, storm the proverbial gates and be like, we are here and we have so much to offer. And you talked about the 30 swagger. I am a completely different person today than I was at 30. I don't really think we might've thought we had confidence then or whatever you want to call it. But I think it's, it's whatever we have today, we have in like spades compared to that. Yeah. And I feel more energetic and more revitalized because I really truly don't care what people think. Mm -hmm. And I wake up every day on purpose and with a mission and that's to serve the midlife woman. And so that makes things very clear. So I run everything through that filter, but yes, I actually had a visualization about all of us women just came in confident. We didn't care what anybody else thought. And we just like walked in these rooms, the proverbial rooms, the board rooms, wherever we are. And we're just like, we are here. I mean, it gives me shivers talking about it. And it's absolutely possible. And that's my mission. I want to empower one woman at a time to step into who she's meant to be. And it's whatever you want to do, ladies. It's whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know what is interesting to me what's coming up is I think there's some people listening in right now and I can almost hear their thoughts. Maybe it's a tap of in intuition where I want to just sort of uncover something. I believe many women, and that's changing, but many women in their thirties had kids, maybe late twenties, early thirties. And a lot of us did the things in and out of our day because our kids were our why, you know, they're my reason for everything. So in my situation, I left my corporate career to be a stay at home mom because they were my why. I just wanted to be with them when that really wasn't necessarily a great decision for me because I'm not meant to be strictly a stay-at-home mom, but it led me into entrepreneurship, so it was all meant to be. However, what I know happens and is happening for me because I do have two teens is all of a sudden they become independent. And when you've put, you talked about this helicopter parent, when you've put all of your emphasis on serving your children and all of a sudden your children don't need you the way they once did, I believe there's a point, and maybe this is the midlife crisis, where a woman doesn't even really know what she wants anymore because all she's done is study, serve, love, give, serve again to her children and her family. And all of a sudden there's some space. And here's the thing I want to give the, the listeners. I love you to talk about this. I believe there's like a rumbling of rebellion that builds in us. And I think there's a little level of confidence that starts to show up alongside of that rebellion where we want to like rip apart 
any chains or any have-tos and completely find ourselves again. And that can feel really scary and really intimidating because you start to wonder like, well, what if I'm not happy? What if my marriage isn't what I wanted it to be? What if I don't even love being a mom the way I've been being a mom? And that can feel really raw and vulnerable and scary. Would you agree that that could be, for some people listening in, the very thing that holds them back from stepping into something new? A hundred percent. And one thing I know it's really hard is to just show up for your life and be intentional instead of going through the day-to-day. And like I said before, it's very hard when you have young kids because most of us, just and everyone just give yourself a break and a pat on the back that you made it and you did it because we're all in triage. And you'd mentioned this before, you're kind of on this path in your 20s. And then if you're following a traditional path, I know everyone doesn't get married and all that, but it's like, if you do get married and you get your kids and you're advancing in career or whatever, and then maybe you take time off, maybe you don't. And then all of a sudden you kind of wake up and maybe you don't. And that's why we're having these conversations is to help women actually guide them. Cause there is maybe a deep inner knowing of like, but when you're in those early phases, those early days, when your kids are young, there isn't any time to think, and it's fine. Everyone did what they had to do. And that's why the beauty of midlife is you're at this spot, but you do wake up a little bit because I had that realization. Everything for me actually had to kind of almost blow up. And this is why the midlife time frame is so, it's so amazing. And it can also be very tender because there's a lot of stuff that can come up. I had to deal with stuff in my marriage. It doesn't. I've been with my husband almost 25 years. A couple of years ago was a really tough year. I didn't know if we were going to make it. I'll be honest. But again, it was anything, anything in your life takes time. It takes effort. It takes being intentional and not walking away from something because it feels scary. And so what I know from my own personal experience and from all you guys listening, because I do talk to so many women is that when you are so busy day to day, you have something, you know, maybe something there's deep down, but then it can be scary to change because it's easier to stay in the day to day craziness and or the, oh, my life sucks because I'm this and I'm just running around and kind of, and women, we default to serving everybody else. Like you said, so we're taking care of the home. We're taking care of our kids. We're taking care of, and most women are the default parents. So you have orthodontist appointments, this, this, that, and the other, in addition to everything. And you're like, who's going to replace me if I die? And I, I always joke like, oh, all the husbands will get remarried in five seconds. Cause who's going to do all this stuff. They'll mourn for five. And then they will get married five minutes later. <laughs> Whereas women will be like, oh, I got this. I'll, I can do this on my own. Cause you know, we do so much anyway. I jest, but you know, it's the truth. That's true. Um, okay. <laughs> but it is, it's, it's hard to like kind of shine the light back and really ask yourself what you want. And so what I tell women is that you have to take, and you do say the same thing. You have to sit with yourself. You have to take time by yourself, go on a walk by yourself, sit in the, everyone's like jokes about sitting in the garage in the car, like after you've dropped kids off or whatever it is, but don't come in the house, have that quiet time. Cause if you don't have time with yourself, you're never going to know anything. And you're, it's just going to be Monday, Friday, Monday, Friday, then you're going to wake up and you're going to be a year older than another year older. So it's really being intentional about taking the time for yourself to listen. And it's not listening to music and other podcasts that you have to listen to ours, but like <laughs> literally taking a walk by yourself, or if you can take a half day by yourself or a little mini retreat and go away overnight by yourself, you don't have to spend a lot of money, but just take time to actually tap in. And journaling, Jen and I are big fans of journaling, like start journaling every morning for five or 10 minutes. And you get to say whatever you want in that journal. No one's going to read it. Lock it up. You can say the ugly things like I'm not happy with my life or I want to make a change or whatever it is because we get to be happy. And I want to say this to all the women because I know that women feel like it can be like self-indulgent to put yourself first, but it's really, again, putting on that air mask. But when we are putting ourselves first, we're actually putting everybody else first also because we're modeling to our children, to our colleagues, to our friends, to our neighbors, our mothers, everyone of what's possible. So I've looped in my daughters and my son sees it too. Every time he sees me on the phone or Zoom, he's like, mom, you're doing another women's empowerment. And I'm like, I sure am, son. But think <laughs> about the lucky woman that'll get him hopefully someday because I've trained him <laughs> to be with strong women. Yeah. And my girls are a part of my business and they see mom at 52 creating this whole new thing. 
And what, what a great example I'm setting for them. So instead of me hovering over them in school and this and that, I'm just modeling what's possible because I believe our kids need to be self-motivated to do things. It's not my job to, to be on them and have them be in a hundred thousand activities to make them be happy, you know, in air quotes, but by me showing them what's possible and that it takes a lot of effort and a lot of hard work, what great lesson is it for them? hundred mm-hmm. percent. So how does she overcome guilt? Because as you were explaining that two things came up and two things, cause I've worked through this too. Like Jen and I, you, you, we've had these conversations so often and we also are women who have walked through these things. And when you're serving your clients or I'm serving mine, these conversations come up over and over and over again. And we feel alone in these feelings, but the ironic thing is we all share this. So I'm so grateful, first of all, that you're talking about this because ageism is something that I don't believe has been really spoken about loudly and pronounced and really sort of declared as not being acceptable. It's not okay anymore. But here's what came up for me. We were talking about taking time and space. The first thing is, and I'd love your advice on this, the discomfort of being in quiet and stillness by yourself. So I'd love your perspective on that. I have one too, but I, I want to hear yours. And the second thing is guilt. Like I find women, it is my go-to emotion. I have done therapy and I'm in breath work. I've been in breath work forever and I will be forever, but it continues to be where my ego really wants to pull at my heartstrings. It's that guilt. And so I know she was listening to you because we were her and she's saying, well, that's nice for Jen and Jen. But you know what? I have this, or you don't understand my situation, or I can't, or I am afraid to death of being alone with myself. What would you tell her about those two things? Time alone and and what that can feel like. And the second thing is how to overcome the guilt of that time alone. Yeah. So the time alone, and I can talk about, you know, my time alone today is very different than my time alone a number of years ago when I was ripping apart my business. It was hard. So, and it's an evolution and it's not an overnight oh, I had five minutes to myself and I have this aha. It's something you have to start now to then get to, and you'll get to different levels in these realizations. But when I really sat down with it, when I first started really doing this years ago, I didn't even, I almost didn't even know who I was because I'd just been going through everything. And plus I had just driven my, you know, health into the ground. I couldn't even function. So it is uncomfortable. And the thing is, you have to sit with that discomfort if you want to change. And we are 100% in control of our own lives. It's not your husband's fault. It's not your partner's fault. It's not your boss's fault. It's not your kid's fault. It's no one's. And I'm not saying you're at fault. I'm just saying you need to be the one in charge. And it's a beautiful thing to know I actually can change my life. You're the only one who can change it. And so, sit with that, start small, start small. And then also maybe open yourself up to a conversation. Do you have a good friend? Do you you need a therapist? Because there's, you know, quite frankly, when you're going through these episodes of, can I do anything? Or you might decide you need to actually unpack something from the past with a therapist. That might be what comes up. And there's no shame in that. I mean, there's all these past traumas everybody has, big or small. We all pretty much have them, especially once you get to midlife. There's something. So unpack it. Or talk to a trusted friend. And that's the key. And that's what's really come up is women need this connection. So no one's alone, guys. No one is alone. And no one's doing anything wrong. We've all been programmed basically as a society to take it all on and to suffer for the greater good. So it's it's no one's fault. It's what we've been taught to do. No one told us that we could live any other way because that's just how women have been taught. And so we get, we get to change that. So that that's my advice. It's just, it starts small and don't overwhelm yourself with, I want to make this change and it's going to happen overnight. Just start small, start with a walk, start with a five minute journal, just start getting comfortable with listening to things that come up. And then my second piece of advice within that is really look at, you know, what you have on your calendar, who you're spending time with, 
Again, it's a women thing. We say yes to everything. My biggest piece of advice is to say no to everything that's not serving you and filling you up. Old relationships, even if it's spending time with family and that's giving you more stress, life's too short. Don't. You don't have to. You can say no. And that's very empowering. And that also opens up a lot more space for you. You don't have to do everything the PTA wants. You don't have to do every freaking event, an event. Just say no. Trust me. Just say no. And then start putting things in for you. So if it's a yoga class, if it's taking a drawing class, if it's a salsa lesson, I don't know, if it's taking yourself on a trip and that goes to your guilt point, Jen. So then all of a sudden the guilt kicks in. Oh, who am I to go have fun? Who am I to plan a trip by myself. And all of you listening, I have done 20 years of therapy. I have coaches. I've had businesses. I have tons of friends I talk to, and I'm still right now feeling guilt about trying to plan a trip by myself because I'm literally sick of everyone. I need to be away from everyone to think and to plan for my business. And I still at 52 have a little bit of the mom guilt. Oh, are they going to be okay without me? Of course, they're going to be okay without me. Of course, they're going to be okay. And they're going to be, you guys can do it. (laughs) And if you are single parents, you get someone to help you ask for help. That's the other, the biggest thing. Women don't want to ask for help. You've got to ask for help. We weren't meant to do this alone. We were meant to do this in villages with tons of villagers to help us parent. And because we're in modern times, we're doing a lot of things alone. So we need to seek out whatever support system you need to seek out and we need to lose the guilt. But you just heard me say I had a little bit of guilt. So it's a daily thing. You have to remind yourself that it's not indulgent to take care of yourself and to take whatever time you need. Because we're not meant to burn ourselves into a million pieces. I've been there on the ground, literally on the ground with zero energy, crying, sobbing, wondering what the hell is wrong with me. And that's what happens when we burn ourselves out. And I don't want anyone to experience that. No. And, and there are warning signs, you know, Jen, you and I have spoken about this too. We both actually have had the experience of hemorrhaging and, um, a little bit different circumstances and, you know, the way it happened, but that was, I had a huge health scare, which is, was what knocked me into asking myself questions like, what do you want? I don't think before that I had ever asked myself. And maybe I'd done things I wanted to do. So I can't say that I lived this sacrificial life because I didn't, but I wasn't intentional. I wasn't completely anchored into my desires and what my soul was craving and asking for. And that was what I, I don't wish it for anybody, but it was for me, what was necessary. I know that was necessary to get my attention because I hadn't been paying attention to the whispers. I had been neglecting the cues and the winks and the nudges. And I heard them, I saw them and I, I just dismissed it. I dismissed it because I too was a highly successful woman. And I thought, how could I possibly want more? How could I ask for more? This is almost feeling selfish and greedy. I've got healthy kids and, you know, I was on my second marriage with the right person and it was healthy and it was good. And my business was highly successful. And all these things seemed to be what everybody was desiring. And, you know, I want freedom. I had all of that, but it wasn't necessarily my soul's purpose anymore. And there was this guilt and this almost a level of shame for wanting more. And I know this is where you step in. This is your zone. This is where you are a sheer genius and the most beautiful mentor for a woman. Because if you just heard me, friends, talk about that and you're like, yeah, that's me. I've got this incredible corporate career and life is great, but I I feel like I'm being called into more. There's a lot that comes up and through that. Jen Marples is the most incredible mentor for that stage, that point. Not just that point, she does a lot more than that, but that specific, like if I were to say who's the perfect person for Jen Marples and who's Jen Marples perfect for, that woman who really wants a champion, a woman who will champion her and encourage her, give her steps, give her love, but also give her a good kick in the ass, that's Jen Marples. She's incredible. She's incredible, friends. So Jen, what would be your number one, if you were sitting with me and I'm a client of yours and I'm saying, that maybe I'll put myself back in those shoes. I want to do something else, but I should be happy 
I have everything, you know, life is supposed to give you. What would you say to me? I would say to you, you get to be happy on your own terms and not what society thinks you should be happy with. And I think that's what we're all realizing. Oh, I have a house. I have a car. I have my kid, my 3.2 kids and a, a partner and blah, blah, blah. Eh. That's just because society sold you a bill of goods. That's like, you know, that was, you know, Madison Avenue saying that's what you're supposed to want because it keeps you in the wanting more and like, oh, the bigger house and this and that. And it's not having you be tapped into your, your soul's calling. And so it's just waking up and going, you get to do what you want and you're not too fucking old. And if I can do it, you can do it. And you're right. Mm -hmm. I am going to be your biggest cheerleader and a little soup son of a drill sergeant because I don't want you wasting time. And so when I talk to women, just like I'm talking to you, it's like, we got to go. Life is precious. You get to be happy and living life on your own terms. Not what anybody else says but it's what you want. And when you're getting what you want and you're living in your life's purpose, and let me just pull that back for a second, because I know there's a lot of women probably listening going, well, it's nice for you to say you're on purpose and da, da, da. And this is going to be like my coaching coming out saying, you can also be living in your purpose and being happy. You don't have to blow up your career saying, if you, if that feels really scary and overwhelming right now, you're still adhering to your core values of providing for your family and doing what you need to do, saying if you're a lawyer, whatever you're doing. But will you absolutely get to enjoy life and have fun? So I don't know how, you know, what you're all experiencing in your corporate worlds or whatever you're doing right now, but you can also go and pursue passions and pursuits that are going to fill up your cup. And it could, it could be going on a retreat for a week with girlfriends. You deserve it. It could be taking dancing lessons. It could be signing up for some class you've always wanted to do. You could train for a marathon. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do. I'm not here to tell you, you have to have, you know, be living on purpose and serving women. Like that's ultimately, Jen, that's the thing I'm telling people. You get to do whatever you want to do. Full stop. And don't let anybody else tell you, you can't. And just mm. clear out the clutter. I know there's a lot of people and there's a lot of, when we've talked about this too, when you start stepping into what you want to do, or even you're going to run a marathon and you're 55, or you're going to go take salsa lessons, or you're going to start a new business, it's going to rattle people closest to you. And you have to keep on going because all of a sudden you're showing what's possible. It's happened to me. I know it's happened to you, Jen. It's, it happens. I see it happening to other women that I'm coaching. It's unsettling for the people that know you how they know you, but you can't let that stop you because. I just said this in my podcast that dropped the other day, the Mary Oliver quote, it's your one wild and precious life. What are you going to do with it? And I only have had this passion at midlife because time is finite. I mean, I plan on living a really long time, but we have to step into being present and doing what we want to do. And you're not too fucking old. And that is my, <laughs> that'll be on my great, my tombstone at a hundred. You told women they weren't too fucking old. <laughs> I see that. That's going to be real. That's going to be real. So here's what I've taken from you. I want to summarize a few key points because this has been a really important conversation for someone who's listening in and has, feel, or has felt, maybe it's not even mid-age for you. Maybe you just feel late to the party because you want to be a coach right now and there's so many coaches. Or maybe in fact you are midlife and you're feeling outdated. You're feeling slumpy. You're feeling like you don't have that competitive edge compared to her and her pretty Instagram pictures. Here's what I, I've learned from Jen Marples. I've learned that we don't have to accept anybody's rules, nor do we have to abide by what we have been told. And I love that, Jen. I love the permission you just gave us in this masterclass to really like build in that rebellion. I love talking about rebellion because we all have it, but we all play nice, especially women. We want to sit pretty and play nice and be quiet and socially acceptable, but we all have that inner rebellion. And what if you let that loose just a little bit? What could happen? And I love too, Jen, that you talk about really honoring yourself and your purpose and taking small steps. I love that you weren't like, just quit your job and dive in to be entrepreneurship. Sometimes people can do that, but there's a lot, most people need to take those small incremental steps. I really appreciated how you said that because that is to me something anybody, regardless of their mindset, 
anybody can start doing. And I also love how you have created passion and life and energy for women who feel like they want that anchor, that lifeline right now, because they know they have it within themselves, but they're right now needing somebody like yourself to be an example, to pour belief into them until they can build that belief back up to themselves. But remember my sweet lady friends who are mid-age, you have an edge, an edge that nobody else has on you. And if we could just start celebrating that and realizing that we have so much to give, it's ridiculous how much we have to give and how we can actually really serve our lives by creating that silver lining, those lessons through all of those things we have been through, you know, 40, 50, 60 years of overcoming, of resilience, of comebacks. That all leads to beautiful lessons that we can now pour out into the world and give to other people. So Jen Marples, where can they find you? I know the Jen Marples show. It is one of my favorites. It's an incredible podcast, friends. And Jen is really, really generous through that podcast with her expertise and and pouring out. So the Jen Marples show, we'll have that in the show notes. Where else couldn't they go and hang out with you? So basically I'm at Jen Marples everywhere on social media. So on Instagram, on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook. I'm going to kick up Pinterest here soon. Um, Twitter's going to be, I'm on Twitter. Um, but I love, just like Jen, I love Instagram. So I really, really spend a lot of time on Instagram, Instagram and LinkedIn. So it's at Jen Marples. Very easy to find me all over the world at Jen Marples and listen to my show. It's the Jen Marples show. It's on all major podcast platforms. So I'm on twice a week, once with solo episodes. And then once a week, Jen was on, um, with fabulous female entrepreneurs. And I've just heard, you know, and if I could just say this, I have heard from so many women who've listened to the show or they've reached out and they said, they are taking action because they're listening to other women who have taken action. And all my guests give amazing advice and steps to take. If you're considering entrepreneurship or dabbling, there's, it's all there. And it, nothing makes me happier than when someone DMs me and says, I decided to go for this because I listened to this episode or blah, blah, blah. It makes me so happy. That's why I'm doing everything I'm doing. Mm, it's like air in your lungs. Air exactly. in your lungs. That's Jen Marple's show. And um, what I love about your show too, let's just t- sit there for a second. I love too that it's such a beautiful conversation. You have these female entrepreneurs coming on and really telling their story. And I don't know about you, but I believe, well, I think women, we love a story. We love hearing the background. We love to hear the journey. And your show does a great job of that. So friends, go listen, subscribe to the Jen Marple show. Go find Jen hang out with her. She is just got this incredible, vivacious energy. She's one of my favorite people. And Jen, it was an honor and a pleasure to learn through you today. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Jen. I adore you. Thank you for listening to Becoming Iconic, the masterclass. I trust this was a gorgeous experience for you and full of expansion. And now I'm going to give you three opportunities right now to step further into your leadership. And we're going to do that through action and generosity. The first way is please share this podcast right now on your social media and make sure to tag me either Jen Spiegel or Becoming Iconic podcast because I love resharing you. The second thing is through connection, sending the link to someone specific who you thought of as you were listening to this information and this masterclass who came upon your heart. That's a really beautiful form of leadership. And the third way, it takes one minute of your time, but the ripple effect is huge. And that's by leaving a five-star review and a comment below. When you do that, more people learn about becoming iconic masterclass and more people enter this community. And with more comes more souls and more connection and more growth and more expansion and all the things that we all desire. So those three things are ways right now you can show up in your leadership and generosity and action the things that you are learning. I appreciate you so much. I can't wait to be with you again next week. And until then, go carve and create and savor your diamond life. It's yours.